This is the Merrickville Catch-Up Podcast. Make sure you never miss a thing. Download the Merrickville Catch-Up from the Triple M app. Where am I? Welcome to... Merrickville. Oh, ha, ha. It is a huge day for everyone. It's a day of treats, Lawrence Mooney. Everyone gets a prize today. Mm, it is a day of uh, recovery. Uh, had a win in the Melbourne Cup as yes. we, as you play. I know, I know. I had rekindling and Maggie picked the trifecta. So uh, cleaned what? up. Maggie went through the horses. I like the pink one with the green spots. I like the red cap. Bang, bang, bang. Picked the wow. trifecta. Wow, that's incredible. Liam's daughter yes. did the same thing. Mm. My daughter did... Okay, so no, my daughter did a great job of being herself. I'll get her to pick some ponies next year. Uh, in this era of radio, uh, I'm going to speak to Jackie Lambie. First and yes. only uh, interview with Jackie Lambie on the phone. That'll be Citizenship, interesting. Citizenship uh, crisis mm. rolls on. Mm. Could mm. cost Malcolm his job in the end. Absolutely. Could cost Jackie Lambie her residency in Tasmania. Mm. Probably oh, won't. No. Probably won't at all. Uh, we've got ice cream quiz part two. Yes. Oh, yes. There's conditions. And La- Lawrence. Oh, the- up next, I've got a gift for you. When I say everybody wins, I've got one of the best radio gifts I could ever give you. Oh, That's up next. You're going to love wait. it. Loz, I know you, you've got a little trouble with your back. You're, oh, you're in the wars got, a little bit. I am. You're a bit tired, but I've got something to make you feel amazing. Oh, I okay? Yeah, this is... I have literally... We had a, a meeting today and we said, Lawrence needs to know about this. Okay, so yesterday afternoon at about uh, quarter to six... Uh, yeah. We were talking. We we're going to do a quiz, weren't we? Yeah, Lee? we we had we had a nursery rhyme quiz planned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, but yeah. then we briefly discussed the fact that um, Maddie White, our producer, mm-hmm. doesn't know any nursery rhymes because he was the youngest of four children, and his parents basically said, "Can't be bothered." They d- stopped. They stopped loving him. Mm. But yeah, what we that's did. That's like the photos of uh, the youngest. Photos. A lot of photos of the oldest. A lot of photos of the second. Then the youngest comes along. It's like we've taken all the photos we need to, mate. Yeah. You know what? We're all out of digital film. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, all the there's no space left in the cloud. Sorry, we've got no cloud space left. And we can't go can't up to the chemist and get the agfa developed, no, and we no. don't want double prints with the white border. So, so. thank you. Uh, it's been nice though. Uh, but the good, the good thing is that out of the conversation we had with Maddie yesterday was something incredibly revealing. Are you ready, Lawrence? Wow. Oh yeah. Come enjoy. On. It. Enjoy, Lawrence. This. Enjoy. Maddie White, who was an only child. No, he was the youngest child. He doesn't know any nursery rhymes because his parents were overtelling them by the time he was born. None of them. They used to dress me up as a girl called Sarah when I'd go and collect pizza as well. What? <laughs> what? It's another story. It's got real. No, Hold on. They used to dress me up uh, as like a girl. Well, I've got a photo. Um, Why haven't I not seen this? A white dress, and then when the pizza delivery guy would turn up, I'd have to pull twenty dollars out of my top <laughs> and hand it to the pizza guy. <laughs> Russell from Camera's calling. Go, Russell. What? I lasted for two, three older sisters. When I was born, I was a bit premy, and uh, my head was the size of a tennis ball, and the clothes they had for me were too big, so. Um, my eldest sister offered her doll's clothes to dress me up in to take me home. The other thing, um, when I was young, because the three girls were before me, mum decided not to buy me undies. So uh, I wore thrilly undies from 1960 to 1968. No! <laughs> yeah. what? That all happened! That all happened on the show yesterday! I was... Uh, oh. 
I have not been speechless on this show. Yesterday, it was like I'd been smacked what? in the mouth with a salmon. I couldn't, I just couldn't get over the fact. What happened? They edited out the bit loss where I was talking to Maddie and he's talking about how his parents made him wear a white dress, right? And then the pizza guy, when he came out to pay with the money out of his cleavage, oh. like a hooker. <laughs> Thanks for the pepperoni, mate. Uh, Here's 20 bucks. Keep the change, dollface. My name's Matt. My name's Matt. No, it's not. Shh, pretty mouth. It's Sarah. (laughs) There ain't chovies on these feet. He was made by his parents to wear a white. (laughs) Yes. That's so good. But they called him Sarah. You dressed him up as a girl called Sarah. No, you were called Sarah. (laughs) That's your name now. You're not character acting. You're our daughter that we never had called Sarah. Now deal with it with your white dress. My parents didn't buy us undies. I just wore frilly undies from 1960 to 1968. That was Russell. What what you didn't get in the Russell chat, Loz, was the fact that the reason it stopped happening is because a girl at school spotted his frilly undies. (laughs) They poked in the back. So who, who knows how long it would have kept going? They poked out the back of his jeans and the girl said, hang oh. on a second, Russell. They look like the sort of panties I wear. And he's just going, oh. and that's what stopped him from wearing frilly knickers for the rest of his life. Eight but let's, years let's be straight. Let's be straight with one another. When your wife's not at home, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you put her undies on and check yourself out. But the undies look all right, except there's an agate hanging out of it. <laughs> like, Let's not pretend. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's like, it's like a, a water balloon has busted a little bit. <laughs> it's just, you know, you know, like a children's balloon, like, you know, when they yeah. make animal balloons and all of a sudden you go pop and you go like, yeah. that's oh, what it looks it's like. It's the poodle tail. It's the poodle tail has yeah. fallen out of your strawberry shortcake <laughs> underpants. <laughs> So look, one triple three five three. I think we're going to get Russell back on the phone. We're getting Russell back on the phone. Russell is getting back on the phone. Are we? Are we doing the same photo as yesterday? Yes, one hundred percent. Did your parents dress you up in the as the opposite sex when you were a kid? Oh, well, no, they didn't. But I've, I've, you know, had a crack in the last few years. <laughs> yes, no, we're, do, we're gonna we're gonna do it. One triple three five three. This is not about gender dysmorphia. It's not about how people choose to dress. This no. is about parents dressing children in the opposite sex because they've just decided to do that. <laughs> like Sarah, er- I mean mum. <laughs> Ernest Hemingway's mum dressed him as a girl for the first six years of his life. Yeah, and how it did it end? With, with a shotgun. That's right. Oh, it ended with a shotgun. In his mouth. Okay. Yeah, yeah so maybe th- don't That's do not that. the sort of phone call we're after. Ready? Ready? <laughs> I mean, Sarah, sorry. <laughs> Sarah, can you order four? some pizzas, please? <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I don't even know what to say. Okay, just a quick recap. Very, very fast, Loz, for your benefit as much as anybody yes, else's. Yes, please. <clears throat> My producer, Sarah, sorry, Maddie. Um, <laughs> when he was a little boy, uh, he was the fourth of four children, and his mom decided to dress him up as Sarah and call him Sarah, and he had to wear a white dress. And then when the pizza guy came around to deliver the pizza, <laughs> he would have to tuck a $20 note in his oh. decolletage, which is the 
booby region, mm. um, of which Maddie was probably not ample. And uh, then he would have to pay the pizza guy from his breast. For, out of his top. Yeah. And oh. he would wear a dress and he it was quite disgusting. Um, and so well, we asked people. If you are what you eat, Sarah, you look like you've just had a large Hawaiian. <laughs> 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 so Sarah, Maddie is uh, not the only one we asked on one triple three five three, and we're asking again now: what? Were you ever dressed up as a child as the opposite sex by your parents for any reason at all? But you, usually just for their own purposes. Now we spoke to a brave young, well not young, uh, a, a brave Australian <laughs> yesterday, great bloke Russell from Camaray, and he joins us back on the line again. Russ, mate, thank you for taking the time. Yeah, my pleasure. Okay, just can you just recap for Lawrence, please? Yeah. Look, it's probably due to economic necessity other than anything else. But, yep. uh, I went home from a hospital in my sister's doll's clothes, given yep. the socks of me. I was sent to school because I had three sisters with um, frilly underpants. I was caught eventually by a girl at school. She saw my thrills hanging out and she said, you've got girls' pants on. No. At which I ran home and demanded some um, something a bit more decent, and Mum bought me six pairs of green band jockey. Now, uh, how long did they dress you in frilly underpants, Russell? Well, when I was young, I probably wasn't aware, but uh, I, I know it was at least eight years. So I had eight years it up for at least eight years. Russell, did at any stage did you see your mates, you know, uh, at sport or something like that, and see that they had regular underpants on, and you were wondering why yours had tiny strawberries on them? No. I <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was a bit special, you know, and a prettier one. Or maybe you know, something which was a little bit more uh, flamboyant. Now, Russell, you were, you said you were a premature baby and so you are quite small and you, your parents dressed you up in your sister's doll's clothing. Did they yeah. dress you up as Barbie? Did you have a Barbie camper or were you more <laughs> of a pumpkin patch kid? Well, funny thing is to those, but my sister, my eldest, youngest, there were three older sisters, had a doll um, called Greta, and she was actually taller than me when I was about five. And uh, Michelle used to dress me up in her gear as well. Oh, Greta! God. <laughs> oh, so, God. so did they have a did they have a, a like a name for you apart from Russell? Did they call you Greta or or Sarah or? <laughs> no, I think always recognised my sexuality and my orientation was you know of, of the male type. But I think. Yeah. It was probably more fun in economics than anything else. Yeah. Have you got yeah. kids now, Russell? No, I don't, unfortunately. Right, okay, because, well, I don't know, maybe it's not unfortunate, maybe it's better that it just ends with you. No, I'm only kidding. Ollie <laughs> 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 oh, knows I'm joking, that's why he's laughing. But, oh. Russell, I, ca- I, I commend you on your bravery for being a part of it because oh. it's, it, like, it really does blow our minds because, as you know, Russ, listening to the show yesterday, it was not something that we expected to be talking about and all of a sudden we'd, we'd spoke to about three or four people, including yourself mm. yesterday, who were dressed up as girls by their parents. Yeah, it just sort of rolled out of nothing, really, didn't it? So, Russell, can I ask you uh, what kind of undies have you got on today, champ? (laughs) Funnily enough, um, I was in Ireland recently. My good wife is Irish, and Mm. her and her sister bought me these beautiful streamlined 99% cotton with a little bit of elastine. Um, There's stripes, and over the front area, there's a, a, a generous portion of... Okay. Russ, Russ, 
Stop talking. Send we us pictures. <laughs> Just send us a picture, Russ. <laughs> we mentioned this the other day. Uh, you and I are going to be on stage uh, at the Comedy Store on the 21st of November for a show called Picture Discuss. Uh, Which on means night. we're allowed to say whatever we want. Yes. <laughs> we can on this show to an extent. Yeah. No, you can't. Well, we do. We, we, in a minute, we're going to do the ice Shut cream up, quiz. <laughs> so we're going to do a little bit of a, a little live show called Picture Discuss. It's at the Comedy Store. You can go to comedystore.com.au. It's only one night only at uh, uh, the venue on Tuesday, the 21st of November, 7 p.m. Yep. Can I tickets voice Tickets are cheap. And, and I've got to say, in all seriousness, They're tickets are flying. Yeah. yeah there's, not, there's not very many left. I mean that genuinely. Can, sell out. can I voice my nervousness? Because yes, the yeah. following day is the final show. Mm, you and Lawrence yeah. are going to be doing this show on the Tuesday. Oh. You're performing that night at the Comedy Store. Yeah. And then Wednesday from a hospital. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be called Last Show on the Drip. Yeah. I'll be yeah. on the Drip. Tickets so are going to be there on the 21st, Liam? What's that? Are you going to be there on the 21st so people can see you? Oh, I'll see how I'm feeling. No. Oh. <laughs> A lot of discussion about who is and who isn't Australian at the moment with people's heritage being called into question and sometimes mm. rubbing them out of Parliament and out of the Senate. Uh, Tasmanian crossbench Senator Jackie Lambie has admitted that her father was born in Scotland but says that she has no concerns about being a dual citizen. And a statement has been released that her father migrated from Scotland as an infant and she was satisfied her parents were both Australian citizens. She joins me on the line now. Jackie, thank you very much for your time. Oh, hi, Marex. It's very nice to be seen to you in Marexville and all that. And hello to you, Liam. I identify with Liam because um, I'm, um, I'm from a place where people get teased a lot too. Yeah, and, hi, Jack. Uh, you actually look like a Tasmanian, Liam. He, he You've got a bit of a busted head. <laughs> and um, like me, and you're welcome down here in Launceston, my home, and any time you want to come down, I will chat. Thank well, you, Jackie. Where Whereabouts are you right now, Jackie? Well, Dazzy, I'm very protective of the whole dual uh, citizenship in Brooklyn, and he's locked us in the woodshed. Uh, we've been chopping wood for the last 72 hours and uh, just drinking Bogues cans and discharging a firearm out uh, of the crack. I think... Uh, I think I hit. I think I hit a wobby. Um, but uh, Dad's hunkered down, and uh, he's um, he's not making any statement at the moment. So this is an exclusive from the woodshed. Uh, Senator Lambie, can I ask you? Did you ever have any suspicion that your dad was indeed Scottish? Oh no, I didn't. I always thought he was dinky dye. Apart from the fact that he always wore a kilt, has a massive red hair, constant smell of haggis in the kitchen, his kilt. The fact that he he loves headbutting man or beast, uh, that his favourite comedian is Billy Connolly, um, that he would always just drink whiskey from a bottle, and he was outrageously violent <laughs> at the football. Apart from that, no, I no never idea. even never no thought idea. that he was Scottish at all. Uh, uh, Senator Lambie, you said that uh, you're in the woodshed with your father. Is your father there now? Can we? Can, do you think we can well, speak actually, to him? Well, actually, Dan, Dan is here. I'll put him on. Oh, it's Mr. Lambie. Hello, Mr. Lambie. How are you? It's Mr. Lambie Mer- speaking. It's Mary Listen, Paul, I'll have you. Right. I'll, I've got some haggis cooking. Oh, haggis okay. Haggis scorch. Chucky. Uh, uh, first of all, I just want to ask you, uh, Mr. Lambie, you must be very proud of your daughter, Jackie. I'm very proud of Jackie. She's a she's a grand glass. Hey, she knows how to drink and she can mix it up too. I what? tell you what, she'd punch those racists straight out. 
What what's it? What can you remember a time from her childhood? What was the most incredibly outrageous thing that she ever did as a child, Mr. Lambie? Well, she was always into war movies, and I remember as a child uh, she decided to go full camouflage, took all her clothes off, covered herself in mud, and disappeared into the bush for seven days, <laughs> just living on roadkill. It says like it uh, says like a scene from Predator. Up, she was never the same. <laughs> Um, can I ask you, Ms. Lambie, did you know that you were indeed a Scottish citizen? No, no idea. I love tartan and uh, I hate vegetables. <laughs> I hate the English. But I had no idea I was Scottish. I like to dance and yeah. uh, throw logs. Yeah, yeah, okay. You throw logs as well? Yep. I throw logs. <laughs> you throw logs? Yep. Have you ever thrown a log? Uh, I've dropped one. <laughs> They're warmer than... <laughs> They're warmer than you think. <laughs> Aye. Aye. Okay, uh, Mr. Lambie, uh, can I ask you one more question before we go in a second? We're going to sure. be we're going to be doing a, a quiz. I want uh, to show by the way. I did. On digital. Oh yeah. Digital shortwave radio here in the woodshed. Aye. Digital shortwave radio. Do you do you love digital? I love digital, and uh, I love my radio too. <laughs> Mr. Lambie, Aye, you're a rude one. You are. You're a wee Benny Benny. Hey. Mr. Lambie, I don't just... know why people think I'm Scottish. <laughs> really and truly. Hey. Just uh, before I let you go, we're uh, about to do a quiz in a minute um, about what's, uh, what's your favourite ice cream. What's your, fav- <laughs> what's, what's your favourite ice cream? My favourite ice cream, man. By the way, I love the show. Hey, I was looking at last week. I've got to agree with you. I love Bubble Bill. Oh, Who yeah? doesn't want to lick a Western frontiersman until one of his balls drops off. Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Mark Boris. Every single day in Australia, people are busting their guts in starting and running their own businesses. It's a big deal. 60% of Australians are hired by small to medium-sized business owners. These guys are doing their bit, buying stock, hiring people and paying their taxes. So what is it like to start your own business? How do you go from just running a business on the side after work to owning something much bigger? How do you make it your future? Join me on The Mentor, a weekly show on Podcast One where I speak to Aussie business owners who are working through just that. I find out what makes them tick, I help them work out their next steps for their growth and for their future. The Mentor with Mark Burris. Listen now at podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app. Lawrence Mooney, he's risky, has no filter in his head. Liam's hovering his hand over the dump button. Merrick's nervous now. Yeah. 104.9 Triple M. Liam actually has got his hand pretty close to the dump button now, Loz, because... We, uh, uh, just over a week ago... We were just naming our favourite Corys. <laughs> and uh, Liam said, that's not a game we're playing right now. <laughs> we're never playing that on air. No. Uh, but we were talking about um, our favourite ice creams um, about a week or so ago. And yeah. Liam missed out. And yeah. he was grateful that he missed out because mm. uh, he had the day off. He was sick uh-huh. and he missed it out. And it got pretty, it got pretty loose for an I, ice cream. I heard. Piece. I heard. Mm, you there, was, think- there was complaints. 
Yeah, yeah, good ones though. Well, one, I, I'll say there was two complaints. Mm. One of them was thanks, I nearly drove off the road, yeah. and the other one was thanks, I sharted. Yeah, yeah. we actually. And I, I sh- think the person who sharted is taking legal action against the station <laughs> for a new pair of undies. <laughs> It was Russell. I'll ring Russell. I'll ring Russell and give him a pair of strawberry shortcake underpants. And uh, we actually got a tweet through to the uh, Merrickville FM Twitter account today from yeah. friend of the show, Matty Goodyear, oh, who good said, uh, can we have Lawrence on for a show where we handcuff Liam so he can't touch the dump button? Uh, the answer is no, Maddie. We absolutely cannot do no, that. Actually, you know what? For legal reasons, we can't. We're we not. actually really can't right. because it's, this show is that volatile. Anyway, but... Let's now, get around to the have, we have Ice a, cream quiz! We have an ice cream quiz part two on the condition. Oh. Yes. And there's only, I ran this past legals. I ran this so past our boss, shout. Jamie Angel. You can make as many people shout as you want, Lawrence. But <laughs> there is to be, there, there is one condition. Yep. Can I, sorry, just before we do sure. this, I, I just want to know, Lawrence, have you ever had a Barney banana just drip down your hand? You know, like with ice cream sometimes. You know, yeah. when they get really hot, and particularly if you're really active, you know, your hands are moving like quite rapidly, yeah. and all of a sudden your Barney banana just melts, or seemingly just melts, or, and just <coughs> dribbles down your hands. Seemingly it all melts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, like, the one that's condition. probably a part of the quiz. What? The one condition. Had, if you're asking me if I, on a hot day, if I had hot ice cream dripping down my arm. Do you yes. guys want to do this quiz or not? <laughs> Desperately. The one condition for today's quiz, ice cream quiz part two. There is to be no mention of Bubble Bills. Oh, it oh, is the one condition for today's come quiz. On. All right, are we in agreement? Come on! All right, no, all right. We can... What's that? That's ice cream. Who's that? That's a song I found. All right, okay. All right. Okay, uh, buzzers, Lols. What's our buzzers for today? Uh, I'll go cream. I'll go Bubble Bill. <laughs> No, you need, rule. you need yeah. another buzzer name. We go cone. <laughs> cone. Okay, cone and cream. Very good. All right, first question in the ice cream quiz. Which ice cream was launched with the tagline, are you a liquor or a biter? Cream. <laughs> Is it Paul's bell end again? <laughs> cone. Kevin Spacey ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> you said oh, no Bubble oh, oh, Bill. Cream. Cream. Yeah. Hedgehog. <laughs> I said hedgehog. <laughs> the answer was Maxi Bon. Oh. Okay. Oh, oh Maxi. Are you, <laughs> when, are you a, what is it, a kisser or a liquor? Or a what liquor is it? or a liquor biter. biter. Because there was the two different ends. There was the biscuit oh, end and the chocolate. Only one yeah. end. <laughs> <laughs> when the Paddle Pop was first launched... It was available in three flavours. Chocolate, caramel, and what? Cream. Yes. Regret. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Any guesses from chocolate? I was going to say strawberry or... or, I mean, it was something... I think it was... It was like flesh colour, but I can't remember if it was... (laughs) (laughs) The answer was fruit salad. That's yeah, you're not being right. ridiculous. That was, that was right. That was so, right. what were the flavours, Liam? Chocolate, caramel, and fruit salad. Fruit oh, salad? Right. Mm, yeah. No wonder that's gone. Okay. I want an ice cream. Which ice cream? <laughs> which ice cream sandwich with the tagline "Double the Indulgence" was relaunched? Cone. In t- yes. Eskimo hair pie. I mean, Eskimo. <laughs> pie. 
I mean, I feel like I should have put some more conditions in place. <laughs> I didn't know that Eskimo pie came out in half. <laughs> <laughs> the answer was... The answer was Monaco bar. Oh, or Monaco bar, oh. wherever it's pronounced. Let's go Monaco. I literally okay. Monaco. out my headphones. Give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> I them out. I got so excited. All right, time oh, for an audio question. Time for an audio oh, question. No, I need my headphones. I know wait, you do. Wait, wait. I've literally broken Yeah, He's broken his headphones. Oh. All right, Lawrence, this question is just yeah. for you while Merrick sorts his shit out. Cream. Dame Edna Everidge and Jimmy yes. Barnes created signature versions of what ice cream? Oh. Drumstick. Correct. Oh, really? Hey. Well done. Loss is on the board. Okay. I, was I answered one correctly because you weren't here to help me ruin it. <laughs> be just, be disgusting. I'm back. I'm back. I Good. Right. my headphones, but we're back. Just okay. in time. Yeah. Here's an audio clip. Okay. Listen okay. to the yeah. clue. Wolves have created a spectacular ice cream dessert called Violetta. But despite its deliciously rich ice cream and its irresistible, crisp, dark layers. Vianetta could leave you with one small problem. What is the one small problem? Uh, you need a box of tissues. <laughs> <laughs> you need a course of antibiotics. <laughs> you can't sit down for a week. Vianetta's spelt wrong. Don't be an idiot. Oh. There's a G in Vienna. One small problem. Wars Vianetta. One slice is never enough. One slice is never enough. One slice is never enough. Yeah. Okay. I haven't got anything there. I've got something, but it's just it's too far. Leave it alone. All right. Okay. It's Bubble Eye Bill. Next question. What are Choc Tops called in Western Australia? Kind. Something racist. Uh, what are Choc Tops called? In Western Australia. Oh, I don't know. Wait, 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 wait. No, Choc Tops. Choc Tops. Yeah. Um, Choc Tops. No, 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 no. Um... Poop scoop. <laughs> it's called a... Brown, brown dip. It's called a... Brown ch- eye. It's called, it's called a Choc Bomb. A Choc Bomb. Skid mark. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Experimenting with new things. <laughs> Another audio clue. Here you go. Listen to this. We all get together when we break out of school. Yeah. And we all saw this monkey eating something real cool. What was the monkey eating? The monkey was eating something that belonged to Michael Jackson. <laughs> Who's <this> monkey? <laughs> he was eating Michael Jackson. It was bubble. <laughs> Oh, oh, he was a bunny banana. banana. Oh, I was about to say Macaulay Culkin. Oh, <laughs> oh. We've got one more question because oh, really? this is... Hey, Macaulay, if you're listening, get off the gear, mate. <laughs> when it was first launched... When it was first launched, the Golden Gay Time wasn't golden at all. What flavour was it? Oh, it was still a gay time. Yes. It was um, arseless chaps flavour. <sighs> I mean, I feel like we've, feel like we've, we're at the bottom. But did it come out? No, we're not at the bottom. Fruit salad. <laughs> Lawrence, he's, poor little Liam's face. He's so broken. Liam, we'll we'll wrap it up here. Okay. 
part we'll three Monday. No, we're not doing this again. We're doing oh, it every day. <laughs> now become now become the ice cream quiz show. <laughs> we just make double entendres about ice cream. <laughs> Oh, it's, been, it's been drippingly good. Lawrence, thank you very much, mate. I'll catch you again on Monday. <laughs> Cream stains out of here. <laughs> Merrick Phil here on Triple M. Great to have your company, Sydney. And we're talking about Sydney because there is a new film coming out stars some of the biggest names in Australian Hollywood. Uh, Guy Pearce, he's Australian Hollywood. Mm. He's a good actor, Guy. Good dude, too. Uh, Colin Minogue. She's little. I've only met her once, but she was tiny. Um, she can act. I think Jeremy Sims is in this as well. It's called A Swinging Safari. And it's a film based around a group of swingers in the 70s in what at that time was a hot spot for swinging, D.Y. Mm. Yeah, D.Y. D.Y. Not. not. That's what they used to say. <laughs> used to, or sometimes it used to be called D.Ware. <laughs> it was never called D.Ware. All right. Gone too far. D.Who. Double D who? Double ended Y. <laughs> We've actually okay, we got too far. We got some of the trailer. Okay, this okay. is some of the tra- from the okay from the film. Yeah, from the swinging film, safari. Swinging safari. The next game is called Swinging Safari. Oh, I'm in. What was going through our poor misguided heads? Mm. Yeah, sex is what was going through <laughs> your head there. I think that was uh, Guy Pierce's voice there. So basically, the movie's based on uh, the director, Stephen Elliott's eccentric childhood growing up in DY and about his parents in, in those days when, you know, suburban wife swapping was absolutely rampant. So was shit parenting um, <laughs> and sunburn and uh, rat's tails. But yeah. anyway, that was all part of the norm. But the interesting thing is, we go, oh, okay, I would not have, I would not have thought at any stage the DY would have been the hot spot for swing for for swingers in the seventies in Sydney. Where would you have picked? I reckon. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, I reckon the Shire, somewhere in the oh, Shire, yeah, Sylvania yeah, Waters. Yeah, I would yeah, pick Sylvania yeah. Waters, somewhere like that. Yeah. If I really had to think about it, I mean, if I had to go there, I mean, if I was invited there, if I was ever asked to be <laughs> celebrity <laughs> person. Uh, I would have thought that it would have been Sylvania right, Waters in right. the show. Because that's it. It kind of makes sense, doesn't it? D.Y., I suppose, you know, it's kind of, it's a yeah. nice place. It's a bit loose, yeah. you know, northern yeah. beaches. It's up on the insular yeah. peninsula. Oh, now I know how Angus and Julia Stone were made. Um, <laughs> oh, they're, from, they're from Byron Bay. That's not fair. No, they're not. Aren't they? No, they're from Palmy. Oh, right. Yeah, they're from Palmy, mate. Okay. No, it's the like They're from Byron. Oh, right. That's tail on their affectation. Okay. Know, it's like. It's like when you can't fully commit to going to bar and mm. just go to Palmy. Have you? Pa- where it's like, you know, I'm a real child of, hi- of hippie parents are you, who are like loaded up the wazoo because they're actually like architects or something. Are you sus on any of your uh, neighbours in the inner west that they might be dabbling in a bit of the old swinging? <sighs> yes. Really? Yes. I Look, I think I've heard a couple of loose parties mm-hmm. have gone down in my area and... Uh, I can't, certainly not, not on my street. My street's pretty quiet. It's pretty good. Um, but, uh, I'm saying that for legal reasons, but like, you know, away from a couple of streets over, maybe even further, uh, apparently gets crazy loose. There's a little bit of a community. Look, I'll be completely honest with you. I heard that there is a little bit of a swinging community in Balmain. Really? Yep. 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 Wow. Yep. Well, and, none of and our did friends. You, and did none you of hear of this because of the... Tried so hard to be friends with yeah, them. Tried the, so hard to go... What are you... The personalised invitation? Merrick, go away. <laughs> We're just having dinner with a family, mate. It's not... Merrick, it's a Tuesday afternoon. 
So that was, I mean, that was obviously a crazy you're, hypothetical you're game. Turning up, you're turning up at brunch shaking your car keys. Eric, and nan has got cancer. <laughs> We're having a really rough time. You've got to stop doing it. Get out of the car, Merrick. Get out of the, get out of the car. <laughs> Glenn, go and get a hose. Get the hose again. Get hose him hose. out. He's on the, he's on the lawn now. That's me. Yeah. Right. Um, but have I ever heard of any incidents in the air? None at all. Mm. I want to have another phone. One triple three five three. Swinging communities exist. If DY was the hotspot for swinging Back in the seventies, in the seventies, where is it now? Is it in your neighbourhood? Wow. Where is it? Because I've, I seriously, this surprised me too. I heard that there was a big swinging community in the Hills District, right? Yeah. And not far away from the Happy Clappers. We love Jesus on a Sunday after a big Saturday night out or in, in and out, out and in, in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out, whatever. Happy clapping. Know what I'm saying? I yeah. don't know. I'm not saying that anybody who involved in any no. religion was involved in that. I'm just saying no. that as an area yeah. that may have occurred. There's, in the Venn diagram, mm. happy clappers, swingers, there's a crossover. Oh, they got them right in the Venn diagram. <laughs> One triple three five three. Sydney, where's the new swinging hotspot? Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Gary Megan, and I do a little show on Podcast One called A Plate to Call Home, and it's about fascinating people all centred around food. This is a show for foodies, but it's more than that. It's a show about the people and the stories behind food. I think you know that I'm obsessed by food. Everything in my life revolves around it, and I love nothing better than to spend a little time talking about people that are equally as passionate, sharing their stories, and getting to know what makes them tick. It's called A Plate to Call Home, and it's available on the Podcast One app or on podcastone.com.au. The phones have lit up, which is kind of disturbing, Sydney. Uh, we're asking you on 13353, off the back of a film that is about to be released starring Guy Pearce and uh, very own Kylie Minogue. And a... Asha Ketty, Julian McMahon. It's good Aussie oh, crew. Yeah, that is a good crew. Mm. They're good actors and actresses. Uh, it's called Swinging Safari, about the times in the 70s when D.Y., was a hot spot for encounters of a swinging kind of nature. It sounds heaps worse when I talk about it. Yeah, it does. Uh, and we're asking, where's the new hot spot in Sydney? Where's it happening? Is it in your neighbourhood? What part? What location? Where Specifically. Is it address. Yeah. I, and I can tell you, indefatigably, it is not at Hillsong. <laughs> Hillsong is not doing that. They not doing that. Yeah. Hello, Matt. Yeah, hello. Hi, Matt. How are you doing, champ? Oh, very, very well, very, very well. Um, now I have uh, very hot mail. Um, it's very, it's quite old news actually. That um, in the nice leafy suburb of the North Shore in South Taramara, um, this goes on about once a month. In South Taramara. Yep, yep. I'm off North Shore there. So yeah. About... See, here's the thing, Matt. I sometimes reckon it's the suburbs that you least expect. You know, they've got a little bit of darkness mm. to them, and you sort of go. What are you up to, Asquith? I know gangbangs. Exactly, and it's uh, it's not the uh, it's not the the suburb that screams gangbang, but um, no. believe me, it goes on. I've, I don't want to name names, but, but uh, it's one of those names, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it will be soon if I'm mixing up with the radio. Um, hey, hey, Matt, and can I ask, mate? Is it the classic keys in the bowl tiles yeah, type setup? 
It is, yeah. Um, it's actually a barbecue and a and a, and a dinner. So if, um, everyone brings their own meat. Someone does the salad. Well, the I, I assume that, Maddie. I mean, if you, <laughs> you don't bring your own meat, yeah, what are you going to offer? Let Maddie finish. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, so it's quite civilized. So it starts out with a barbecue and then progresses to a dinner, and things go from there. It does, and I'm not going to believe it, but a, a woman, she's about 85 to 90 years old. She actually runs it at her house, and that's. She's um she's a, she's a widower, yeah. And they um she's got a nice a nice large wine cellar downstairs and about a six or seven bedroom place that she puts on. I don't think she gets in on the action, but I think she's just very hospitable. Uh, hospitable, yeah, yeah. That's incredible. So, and then, how does it kind of kick off, Matt? Like, I mean, is it a conversation with everyone goes? Has everyone had a great drink? We've talked about the movie Top Gun, uh, and now let's get stuck into it. What happens? And then everyone dives in. I, I think it is a. A sort of a keys in the bowl scenario, but I think everyone's got their own pick. Uh, pick of the month. It's like a, it's like you're at a DVD store. You get a, a movie of the month. I think they got a last woman of the month, and then they just uh, change each other around. So hang on a second. Does everyone just pair off and they just go, okay, that's you know tonight I've pulled out the keys and you know it's luck of the draw, yeah. or is there a selection process, or is there interchangeable uh, you know sections of the evening or all where the above? You, yeah, where you can yeah exactly. How does that kind of work, Maddie? I think they've just. Um, look, I, I think it's just uh, what they're feeling, what what flavour they're on, what uh, what sort of meat they're eating tonight. I think there's yep. just different varieties. And I think uh, I think it's a group. Um, they they're getting larger and larger, but they're interchanging. And I think they're just everyone's everyone's had a turn of each other. It's just getting everyone's it's just, had a taste of each other's meat. Does it? Wow, thanks, Maddie. Oh, does it just Maddie. does it just get a little bit Roman? Does it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Now, Maddie, also known in some circles as Maddie, the other white meat. I just haven't seen with without my mask on yet. Yeah. Well, I I love the fact that that throughout that whole chat, Maddie kept saying, I think, I I think, think, I think. think, I know too many details. (laughs) I think for a guy who knows a lot of details, I sound like a guy who knows details. Mm. Scotty in DY. G'day, mate. How are you? Very well, Maddie, and sidekick. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Scott, what do you know about these swingers parties in mate, Sydney? I, I can tell you stories. I've lived in Dubai my whole life. I'm 54 years old, and my parents were a part of the scene. Really? So a, little bit, a little bit about Dubai too. At Dubai Hotel was the number one pub for selling beer for 10 years in a row, and it also held the records of being the drug capital of Australia for a while. Mm. So it's always been a little surfing community. Yep. Uh, parents and that were involved with surf club. And the surfing fraternity, which is the oldest surf cl- uh, surfing uh, club, the boardwalker club in Australia. Yeah, great, mate. And I'm I'm wrapped with all those stats. Let's get around to the swingers parties, Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a hot spot. We used to have regular parties where people would come around and smoke dope and stuff, and parties on the beach. Christmas, New Year's Eve parties were just uh, memorable. They cordoned off a big part of the beach and. It was hell for leather. If anything goes. So wife swapping. That was a bit of that was the caper there, Scotty. That was definitely the case. Did, did you was see? Very friendly. How old? Well, of course. I mean, how old were you when you were seeing this? When you first kind of witnessed this activity, and what did you think of it when you saw it? Well, I was only like a, a teenager back then, mm-hmm. and um, oh, you well, would I have just done your head in. I loved some of the um, people that come around. Like some of the girls were gorgeous. That uh, were friends with my parents and that, and had crushes on a few of them. But um, oh. yeah, it was unreal. Like trips to Bali and all this sort of stuff. Oh. DY was the place. Trust me. Wow. Wow. And then what happened? Harboard. That's what happened. <laughs> Freshy, fresh water. Freshy. Yeah. 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 Harboard. Harboard diggers. That's what happened. Yeah, Mate, but, that's but the, the whole peninsula. Really. 
back in the early days was just fantastic. It's very overcrowded on that now, but um, back then everyone sort of knew everyone. Yeah. And um, yeah, like yeah, everyone went and did. Hey. Still managed to jam some people in <laughs> there, though. <laughs> hey, Scotty, um, mate, did you keep the tradition alive? Did I? Yeah. yeah. What do you mean traditional? Uh, are you a swinger, Matt? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Scotty. Oh, me? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I've sort of grown up to be a bit like that. Yeah, I, I, I sort of picked it up from my parents. Did so you saw it, and it was such an acceptable part of the norm that yeah. you've just gone. Well, that's part of my social fabric now. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. I swing both ways, and um, sort of open, and everything's cool. Yeah. And it's, it's it was very much the norm back then. Uh-huh. Very, very much the norm. So you, you still reckon, Scotty, now that Dy would still be the swinging capital of, of Sydney? Uh, no, it's way too like crowded. Okay. Uh, no one sort of knows everyone. There's too many people here. Yeah. Um, the urban sprawl has just gone crazy. So, here. where do you reckon it's moved to, Scotty? I don't know. I always thought sort of Paddington because we used to go to Paddington a fair bit too. And the cross, my parents used to take um, the kids up to the cross of a Sunday morning, and we'd have like an al fresco breakfast oh. and just watch all the pros come out of their buildings and oh. guys in suits and stuff, and that was entertainment. And you used to be able to go into. Um, um, one of the parks in there of a Sunday morning and people used to get up on soapboxes and talk about whatever and there were like regular people there that were absolutely insane. One guy was like this muscle-bound Arnold Schwarzenegger guy who used to get around in pink hot pants and like no shirt and do handstands and walk around yeah. like that. Again, Scotty, what you've managed to do is move off topic again. I don't know how, for a swinging, you seem to move very quickly away yeah. from the topic of swinging. You swing, you swing the conversation away from swinging. It's really quite ironic. Well, I'm just trying to say that the, the lifestyle back then yeah. was very different to the way it was now. Mm. And all this sort of swinging that seemed to be very um, acceptable and the thing to do, um, you know, smoking dope and all that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, the, the free love was, was sort of part of the scene. Well, that Scotty, we'll, we'll let you go right now because I can hear that there's two ladies in the background who are about to tear <laughs> you apart, Tiger. So <laughs> you, you get out there, you serviceman, and we'll catch you soon family. You love them, but sometimes they're difficult to live with. There has been an incredible case. Uh, it's been in the news today in the Barossa Valley in South Australia. A winemaker has deliberately destroyed hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of Shiraz and Chardonnay at his former family business and has been handed a, uh, a I think, I don't know if he's got a jail sentence. I think he's got a suspended jail sentence uh, and he's certainly been fined. The South Australian District Court uh, heard that in the early hours of February, uh, a couple of years ago, whilst intoxicated and upset, Trevor Jones went to his former family business, Kellermeister Wines, opened up the taps on four storage barrels, releasing thousands of litres of wine. <laughs> At least three to $400,000 estimated value. Just opened up the taps, went, oh, yeah. Oh, won't see you at Christmas. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess that's one of the great weaknesses of a winery is that that's the extent of your security. Yeah. If I turn the taps on. That's that. Out they go. That's it. Like your whole business could just be, <laughs> it's a tap. Just turn the tap off. Yeah. I'm, I mean, sure the NBN could learn something from that. Just turn it on. You could just turn it on, NBN. Just turn it on. Uh, now, the thing is about this guy, Trevor Trevor Jones, he had, uh, so he's, it was his family business, right? His parents set it up. Right. It's called Kellermeister Wines. They mm. make very, very good wines. Mm. And um, Trev uh, had his separate label, which is Trevor Jones Wines. Mm. And then there was a bit of a dispute, I believe. And then they kind of separated and, and parted ways. And then there was this ugliness where he just let out a few hundred thousand dollars worth of wine, just <laughs> opened the taps, as you do, Trev. Now, I can say this, and this won't surprise you. 
I've met Trev. Right. And well, I'm you, were you with him on, in the early hours of February 22nd, No, I was, not, I was not with him, but I will say this. I like Trev. <laughs> He's a good bloke. And yeah. I just, I, I've met him a couple of times and I've had a few drinks with Trev. Sure. And he's a loose unit. Yeah. And I got pretty loose. I was pretty About loose. three hundred thousand dollars worth loose. I, I never got that loose. <laughs> I never got that loose. But when I found out today, I was reading the story and going, "God, that's incredible! Who would do that?" Oh, it's Trev. Yeah, Trev's done that. Mm. Trev's Trev's let out three hundred thousand dollars worth of wine because he was angry with his family. In Trev's defence, he's a terrific bloke. He's got an incredible moustache. Yeah, have you seen his moustache? I have. I've seen photos of Trev. It's it's you know it's like a Labrador has died on his upper lip. He could have played for the Australian cricket side in the eighties <laughs> with that moustache. Now, if he wasn't blind in all his defence, if he's if if I'd had a few drinks and I was at a winery and I was a little bit annoyed, and I said lack of security. I could very well see that thought running through my head of, yeah, I'm just going to open one of these. Stuff them. I'd do that. I'm just going to open that. one. Man, you know what I'd do? I'd be trying to find a place I could stick my head in the barrel. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I, just go, I would definitely, <laughs> I would have that moment. And this is possibly, this would, I can imagine this being in the papers. Comedian Merrick Watts dies after getting his head caught in a barrel. Because I would see if I could get my head caught in the barrel. I'd had a few. I'd get it in there, and I'd have my face on the wine, and I'd be loving it. And then, of course, I'd be drunk, and I wouldn't be able to get my head out, and I'd drown Com- in a barrel. Comedian. And, my par- and, my, and my family would have to bury me with an enormous cask head, just a gigantic <laughs> barrel on my head, because I wouldn't be able to chop my head off to get it out. Comedian Merrick Watts found floating in a vat of Shiraz. Former comedian <laughs> Merrick Watts died loving what he does best, yeah. being blind yeah. with his head in a barrel. And the other thing that is not mentioned here, we haven't mentioned yet, is that Trevor, the other thing that set Trevor off a little bit was that his old man, because of this, this dispute that was going on, dispute. his dad actually left him out of the will. Yeah, and that's a big thing. The Barossa Valley, and like a lot of farming communities, agricultural communities in Australia, you know, these are family businesses. Mm. And they're passed down from generation to generation, particularly wineries. You know, they are generational businesses, and they take great pride in it. So to be cut out of the family business, no wonder Trevor's a bit peeved. Last drink, Trevor. I don't reckon, I'm not sure if anyone could top $300,000 worth of revenge, but I wonder if anyone out there, any of the Merrickville citizens, That's it. have ever taken revenge on a family member. On a family member. Mm. Now, I, I no doubt over the years, I've, I've, no, I've talked about it on radio before, stories of revenge, but not revenge on a family member. Mm. In my family, we wouldn't do that, right? We've got lots of problems, but we wouldn't We wouldn't have family revenge. We, we, tend, to, yeah. <laughs> we tend to let it kick off at the time. <laughs> You know what I'm there's talking not, about, Liam. There's not, there's no dwelling on it and, and no. letting it bubble under the surface no. in the Watts family. No. It's uh, no. if it see ki- issue, speak issue, if kick it, issue. If it kicks off, if it kicks off, everyone goes, oh, the Watts boys are at it again. Yeah. Here we go. And it does turn very ugly. But then it's all settled. And it's all done. And there's no need for any kind of revenge or blood exactly. feud. You don't go wandering around in the early no. hours of the morning destroying property. No, I do. That's I do that as well, oh, but that's to calm me down, Liam. That's to bring me off the edge. One triple three five three. Give us a call. Have you got a family revenge story where you or somebody else in the family has taken revenge, preferably a dish served cold, on another family member? Just enough time to squeeze in maybe one or two phone calls because I've gasped too much about this bike. Trevor Jones, who's a Barossa winemaker, he's a pretty salty kind of salty earth kind of. He's a he looks, oh, look, it looks I, like a bushy. I think his nature can be summed up by the fact that in the early hour of the morning, yeah. he had a few drinks a couple of years yeah. back and he opened he, the taps and destroyed $300,000 worth of wine. Of his family's wine <laughs> in a revengeful act against his own family. He's a gnarly old pisshead. I've been drinking with him before. He's great. He is. He's a gnarly old pisshead. 
Funny bloke, though. Anyway, uh, and we're asking you, one, two, three, four, three. Have you exacted, or if you had revenge exacted on you by a family member? I've uh, got just enough time. We'll get to Adam in Castle Hill. Hello, mate. Hey, mate. How you going? Very good indeed. Has this happened to you? Has there been revenge in your family? Not me. I used to uh, work in a, a restoration panel shop. Yeah. And before I started there, the guy that was there before me had an argument with the boss, and they had a Jaguar that was like $50,000 restoration. Uh-oh. And when he, le- when he left, he took all the nuts and bolts, all the screws, all the clips, everything that holds the car together with him. Um, oh. And when I started, I said to the guy, where's all the nuts and bolts? And he goes, oh, God, they're gone, they're gone, they're gone. So... Oh, so to basically, <laughs> so you just left with the body then? Just the chassis? Yeah, and, left and, with and, a, you left with a body in it with all the panels, but yeah. no nuts and bolts, nothing to hold it together. So hang on a <laughs> second, are the doors off? Are the doors off as well? Yeah. So no hinges? Everything, everything. Oh, jeez. No, yeah, nothing. So, and um, the thing, the worst thing is those cars are a Whitworth thread, which is very expensive. Yep. Yeah, so the thread is on on the, all the screws, Liam, is a type of thread. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's it's quite fine from memory, isn't it, Adam? It's a very fine yeah, thread. Yeah, it's, it's a fine thread, and yeah. it's very yeah very expensive to get. So now, Adam, they I don't know. It's about $20,000 to replace <laughs> all the nuts and bolts and screws. Mate, and Adam, <laughs> Adam, not even my nuts are worth that much. <laughs> Adam, I don't speak car very well, but I'm from what you've described there, I'm imagining a house of cards of version of this car where if I walked up to that Jaguar and pushed it, it would all fall apart. Is that about right? Yeah, it would just, it would, it would just like crumble like in a movie. Oh. You can't go anywhere. There's nothing you can do with it. And if you don't have all those parts, land, like on, on, a, on a resto job too like that, you've got to have the proper part. You can't fudge it. You yeah. ne- that car's worth nothing. It's gone from yeah, being worth a lot of money. Right can I ask you what model it was, Adam? Because I do speak car. Oh, can you remember? Uh, was it like a... Yeah. Uh, not, not like an old E-type or something like that, was yeah, it? Yeah, it was. It was an E-type. Oh, yeah. Jesus. That's worth so much money. That's worth <laughs> yeah, that, so that, much that money. Yeah, that was the thing. That's why it cost so much for all the nuts and bolts. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars laying there doing nothing. Mm. Oh, yeah. my God. It and, sounds like a radio good. personality. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, I'm out. See you tomorrow. That was the Merrickville Catch-Up Podcast. Make sure you never miss a thing. Download the Merrickville Catch-Up from the Triple M app.